Ladies and gentlemen, will you please join me in welcoming Commissioner Carl Benton, who is here to answer your questions. Take two. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Glad you could attend. Welcome. Now, please join me in welcoming Commissioner Carl Benton, who is here to answer your questions. Carl? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for attending. And now, without further ado, to answer your questions, we welcome Commissioner Carl Benson. A funny thing happened while you were crumpling up and tossing away that paper copy of your March Madness bracket. The Sweet 16 for the NCAA Hockey Championships emerged, and the road to the Frozen Four was also paved, or smoothed out with a Zamboni at least. This week on Knutson and the Commission, Carl and I talk with Jay Stickney, play-by-play voice for the University of Denver Pioneers, one of the four host schools for this weekend's NCAA Regionals, about the growth of college hockey, how conference realignment has impacted the sport, and how NHL prospects no longer only come out of those Canadian Junior Leagues. So let's talk some puck and get ready for a big weekend on the ice. That's next, right here on Knutson and the Commission. Stay with us. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, Look no further than DenverAutographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall. Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at DenverAutographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at USAPrimeColorado at gmail.com for more information. But now everybody's got their brackets either up on their wall or crumpled up and thrown in their, in their trash bin. Uh, March Madness is upon us. But what else is upon us is the, uh, not just the road to the Final Four, but the road to the Frozen Four. So on this issue, this edition of Knutson and the Commission, Carl and I are going to talk with Jay Stickney, the voice of the Denver Pioneers hockey team, one of the teams in the uh, NCAA hockey tournament. Not a, a sport that, Jay, I know you firmly believe does not get enough, enough national recognition. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Yeah, it gets all of its national recognition pretty much in the NCAA regionals and then the Frozen yeah. Four. But right. uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very, uh, very passionate fans in, in a lot of niche markets where, uh, not surprisingly, it tends to be very cold in the winter. <laughs> well, yeah, like, like it is in Denver right now. Hey, Carl, um, I know you were you went to Boise State, so you're familiar with cold weather schools and all that sort of stuff. Um, hockey, to me, guys, as, as you're right, as a northern sport, it'll always be a northern sport. But there are some southern schools that are starting to pay more attention to the sport. Uh, you know, Arizona State has a hockey program. There, there are a lot of schools now that are starting to pay attention to this, Jay. Yeah, Arizona State um, just is finishing up on their brand new arena, so they're going to they're going to be a big time come next year. They've already made the national tournament once and only, I think this was their fifth season. Um, and uh, yeah, they're, they're going to, it'll be interesting to see how well they can recruit and, and stay at a, at a high level. But I think that new arena is, is really going to kickstart yep. things for them. And, you know, there's been talk of other major markets like in um, Chicago, there's been talk for either university of Illinois or Northwestern, uh, Nashville. Uh, I've heard rumors of maybe Vanderbilt wanting to get a college hockey team and, you know, and that's, that's just on top of some of the big 10 schools that have added like uh, yep. Penn state in the last six or seven years. You know, Jay, I, uh, my hockey collegiate hockey background goes, goes back 30 plus years when 
I was the commissioner of the Mid-American Conference. But prior to that, I was at the NCAA staff. And one of the uh, championships that I staffed was the hockey championship. And uh, the 1990 comes to mind. It was in Joe, Joe Lewis Arena. And that was my, my uh, last hockey championship. But uh, I've got, uh, you know, to look at the bracket today. And, and you mentioned the Big Ten. Big Ten didn't have... Didn't, didn't sponsor hockey back in those days. And, and you know, Michigan and Michigan State and Wisconsin and Minnesota all played in, in either the CCHA or the WCHA. And um, to look at the bracket today from 30 years ago uh, and to see some of the, you know, the blue bloods that, that aren't playing today and see some of the, you know, the, the smaller, more obscure from, you know, American International. I mean, that, when did American International get into the hockey business? Um, you know, uh, you know, looking down, you you know, you, you see one North Dakota, you don't see North Dakota State, you don't see you don't see Wisconsin, uh, you see UMass Lowell and some of some of these others. You, nice to see Harvard back in there. You see Notre Dame in. Um, tell me, tell me your thoughts about is this an anomaly that that some of the blue bloods aren't in there this year or not? Um. You know, not necessarily. I mean, Wisconsin um, had a good run last season. They had the, the Hobie Baker winner in, in Caulfield, who immediately did really good things for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, it's just a different world right now as far as, you know, the the, the Blue Bloods, if you will, are, um, are all losing players after year one or year two. If you're lucky, you get year three out of them. And so you're constantly having to, to refill the pipeline uh, for those schools. I mean, Perfect example this year is Michigan. I mean, Michigan has seven number one draft picks on their on their team, which is just unheard of. It's a record. And yet, you know, they're, they're going to be a number one seed in their region. But you'd have to think uh, they're going to lose most of these guys uh, or a big chunk of those number one draft picks after this season. So it just shows you how all of a sudden next year, maybe Michigan's not right there. Um, and that's kind of what just happened in North Dakota. They lost so many people to uh to graduation or to uh early signings um now american international they played atlantic hockey which is a really small conference air forces in that conference um a lot of you know the, there's three or four small conferences that they get that automatic bid just like in basketball and, and uh, that's why you, you'll see that school say over a, a wisconsin or or somebody like that really interesting to follow these these different schools like you mentioned jay because wisconsin is historically a great hockey program so is minnesota but i i was i i got kind of tuned into how this happened when bemidji state became a thing because at the point it was almost a punchline there for a while bemidji state what are you talking about but that was a real legitimate hockey power i mean they take guys who would normally maybe go to the university of minnesota yeah i mean bemidji state um was actually in the wcha mm -hmm. with denver for I, right. I believe only two seasons it might have been three uh, and then really it was the big 10 that sort of broke up the legendary WCHA, which right, were essentially right. the big 10 schools. And, and, uh, and yeah. And so when the big 10, which started as the big six, and then they added uh, uh, Notre Dame, which is hilarious to, the, to a lot of us. Cause right. you know, nobody, people in the big 10 couldn't hate Notre Dame anymore in football <laughs> or possibly basketball. And, and now they're in the same conference in hockey, but um but yeah, so Bemidji State, I'm a perfect example of a school that, you know, that comes from the 
state of hockey and they get a lot of guys that maybe, you know, either academically couldn't get into some of these schools. Maybe they're late bloomers, you know, and, and they've done a great job under uh, Tom territory. Frank's brother yeah. has been kind of the, at the helm of Bemidji, got him to the frozen four, I, I believe it was mm-hmm. about five or six seasons ago. Um, and that's the thing about a 16 team tournament is, you know, you, you win four games, you're the national champion. Yeah, that's a little, you know, Jay, on the uh, again, just kind of looking at the at the the current state of affairs in in Division One hockey, and, and these these sixteen schools are all Division One hockey, um, and there's there's Division Three hockey, um, but there isn't a Division Two hockey. And I know that that back in the day, some of these some of these Division Two, I think Bemidji State was a uh, would be a good example that you know played Division two sports, but because there wasn't a Division two championship, they could move up. And and looking at here, whether it was even a St. Cloud and a, a you know Minnesota Duluth, uh, no, you know those are not they're not in the NCAA Division one basketball tournament, but here they are playing the you know the the highest level. And you know I think that that you know that that gives it a little bit more flavor as well. And you mentioned the automatics and. And again, it, uh, you know, the hockey world is, is a small, you know, is a, is a pretty small uh, pool of teams nationally. And yet the hockey championship, the, the NCAA division one hockey championship is one of only four NCAA championships that, you know, that, that generate uh, revenue over expense. And so, I mean, you look at these four regionals and, um, you know, Mark and I were talking yesterday about, you know, did Denver, you know, get that fourth seed so that they could host knowing that, you know, that, that they're, you know, they're going to have a, a, you know, a, a positive attendance up in, up in Loveland. Does, did that come into play, JD, do you think or not? Well, when you, when you become a host um, school and, and got for years, Michigan, uh, North Dakota, Minnesota, when you're the host school, if you make the national tournament, you're guaranteed to be in that region. Okay. You might not be the number one seed, but uh, you're guaranteed to be in that region. And yeah, there have been many times over the years. Like um, when I started 22 seasons ago, there was only 12 teams, and so the number one seed got a buy. And then, in uh, one year, we were in Michigan, in, I think 2002, and Michigan barely got in the tournament, but they had home mice, and, and they beat us. So that was kind of a case of, you know, a lot of these programs would essentially buy a regional. Um, and then Denver would have had one last year, but um, with the, with the epidemic, uh, pandemic and everything, they, um, they never made it. And so they, ne- they never got a chance to play there. And uh, even if they did, there were no fans. So the home ice advantage situation um, would not have really applied, but it should apply this time. And, and Denver, you know, we're talking about an, an arena that holds four, maybe 5,000 people. So, yeah, the Pioneers should uh, do really well as far as the crowd's concerned. Hockey in Denver, <laughs> at University of Denver, has a rich, rich history going back to the Murray Armstrong days. Uh, Carl mentioned the WCHA, which at the time had Wisconsin and Minnesota and Colorado College, which was a great powerhouse in hockey for a long time until basically recent years. Um you said, Jay, that the Big Ten broke up that conference, and I, I think that's obviously very accurate. But is it to the detriment of hockey? Because WCHA was just legendary. Oh, I mean, for, for co- true college hockey fans, I mean, it's, it, uh, you know, the Big Ten and college hockey now is just a bad, it's just a bad word. Um, 
And it's just, you know, they've started in the last two or three seasons to, you know, be consistently good nationally. But at first they weren't. But more importantly, I mean, they broke up historical rivalries like, you know, North Dakota and Minnesota. That was just like a, a yes. blood feud that, right, you know, right, and, right. The, you know, and, and pretty much so many others that were in that group as well that had been playing against each other for 50 yeah, or 60 years. It's, it's totally, I mean, I, w- I don't want to say it's like taking away Alabama, Auburn, but it's more like taking away Alabama, Florida, you know, or something like yeah. that. I mean, that that's what it, what it's like. And then for the golden Gophers, they're almost required. I don't, I don't know if it's an actual state statute, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if it is um, that they have to play these, all these other Minnesota schools outside the big 10, like, Minnesota State, Mankato, or Minnesota Duluth, St. Cloud, Bemidji. And so they don't really have the room in non-conference to play a lot of their traditional rivals, you know, like Denver or, or, or North Dakota or, or Wisconsin or, you know, teams like that that they played forever. We talk a lot about regional rivalries on this show and other sports. The lack of them now, that the conference realignment, it sounds like to me that that maybe uh, conference realignment is, is hurting the sport of hockey a little bit in that regard. I mean, there's, there's no doubt. And, and I mean, everybody knows why they did it. I mean, they, uh, you know, I, the money was something like seven or $10 million for each school, you know, and yeah. you know, it's easy to laugh at, at the money part, but I'm, I'm sure it, it helped pay for a lot of programs or, or, mm-hmm. or other sports that you don't hear about as much, but it, yeah, I mean, getting that, uh, paycheck getting those tv rights from the big 10 network were, were worth it to those schools but for the uh, average college college hockey fan it's been to the detriment of everybody else and i don't know if you can i think you can trace this back jane you mentioned the big 10 network i believe that that the the big 10 hockey conference was a direct result of the creation of the mm. big 10 network and the need for content sure. Uh, and even contractually that, uh, that, that the Fox ownership of the big 10 network, uh, kind of stipulated that, you know, we want all of the content from big 10 members, including their hockey content. And, mm-hmm. and I believe that that was the, that was kind of the quid quo pro that, uh, you know, then, you know, then you just look at, at how the big 10 network has grown and the, and the significant rights mm-hmm. fees that, 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 uh, provides the big 10 today. So um, whether you want to call it a, you know, a money grab or, or just a, an economic, you know, part of the economics of the, of the big 10 is, as the big 10 flex its muscles and, and, you know, made that all happen. But uh, you know, a, a little, little sidelight here. I, I have been a, a DU fan ever since I moved to Denver in 1994. And uh, an interesting little, little piece is that when I was the commissioner of the Mac, George Gwazdecki was the hockey coach at, at Miami of Ohio. Yeah. And uh, I was at uh, Miami for an event um, and, and actually went to George's going away party uh, at Miami. And I'd already been selected as the commissioner of the, of the, of the WAC. And so we see each other and shake hands and congratulations on your new job. We both give each other. And, and it's one of those, well, make sure that when we get to Denver, you know, we, we gotta, we gotta, you know, we gotta hook up and make sure that we, we continue our friendship in Denver. And, you know, I move, he moves, um, I'm having a house built out in Highlands Ranch and 
I went up one day during the noon hour to check it out. And who do I see that walks out of the, the, uh, the sales center in this development was, was George. And uh, we, uh, he actually, I said, you know, I said, I'm down here on the, you know, two, two, one. And he goes, well, we're going to be like two, two, whatever. And so, you know, five or six doors down, George moves in and, and uh, you're right off, you're right off Broadway. Yeah. Right. Uh, Sylvester, Sylvester place up there is where it was. And uh, I since have moved out of that house, but so I got and moved, and moved and moved to DU's neighborhood. Now I you, yeah, you walk to hockey games from where you live. Now, in fact, we did. We did a couple <laughs> weeks ago walk to a DU game. So uh, so anyway, so I've always followed George and uh, and then uh, just kind of continued to you know to be part of the of the fan the fandom the fandom of let's, uh, DU. Let's flip this around a little bit, Jake. Um, maybe the the breakup of the WCHA and, and conferences like that to go to the power the Power Five route. I'll ask both of you guys this. Could this lead to hockey, more hockey expansion at, at other Power Five schools? Could we see the University of Colorado or, or you know, USC and Oregon and all these schools start to add hockey as a another network-driven sport in the other Power Five? Maybe this is going to lead to the expansion of hockey. Yeah, it's interesting right now with Arizona State. Like we did a couple of games down there. We actually played them four times this year, and I, I think at one point, you know, the Pac-12 conference had had their streaming service that was carrying it. It wasn't, you know, a pure TV broadcast right. per se, yet, but yeah. that's, that's the big question is that, you know, you got some deep pockets in places, obviously like Stanford and Washington mm-hmm. and yeah. UCLA. And, you know, at that point too, you're also juggling title nine issues. So yeah. you gotta, you know, you're going to bring in women's hockey, or you're going to bring in something mm-hmm. else, or what are you going to cut so that you're going to get um, the men's hockey you know, but obviously television wise, you know, the ratings for hockey are, are pretty high and I'm sure they would love to have more than just Arizona state uh, in that conference. Uh, Colorado is a lot like Arizona state used to be Colorado's won a couple national championships on the club That's hockey not, level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Arizona state won something like four out of five years before they eventually got into D one. Right. So, um, and they wouldn't have done it without a, a, a big pocketed alumni that, drop something like 15 or 20 million dollars to get the program started but also the nhl being in you know in in phoenix had to you know had to drive that uh, as well and and you look at the nhl franchises that that are you know that are in uh pac-12 markets um you know from from la to colorado to phoenix and mm-hmm. you know seattle has a long-standing you know strong minor league hockey uh history and, and tradition. And, you know, I, I just don't, and you mentioned title nine and, and just addition right now and, ex, you know, sport expansion. Um, I fear that, that as NIL and the, the NCAA restructuring and, you know, at some point in time, when will some of these non power five teams that are on this 16 teams from North Dakota to Harvard to Minnesota State to UMass to Northeastern to Western Michigan, Michigan Tech, Duluth, Lowell, DU, St. Cloud, American International. I mean, more than half of the 16 teams are are not part of, of, of the Power Five. And, you know, the, the sports within the non-Power Five uh, domain, uh, I think are all in jeopardy. And, 
so I, you know, I, I would worry, Mark, that that as the NCAA transforms and and uh, such that uh, you know this whole idea of sports sponsorship, yeah. not just hockey, but in general, yeah. non-revenue sports. We're going to see we're going to see a reduction in uh, in sports across well, the board. You know, it's kind of ironic with the sport right now is that the teams that are joining tend to be much like those schools you were talking about, the really small schools, whether they're private schools or public. I mean, this year, um, yeah, the year before they, they lost Alabama, Huntsville, and the University of Alaska and Anchorage, they had to cut their programs for financial reasons. And then uh, joining Division One was Long Island. And, um, and then uh, another one in uh, Minnesota, I'm drawing a blank, it's uh, St. Uh, Geez, I'm just joining by it's like I want to say St. Mary's, but it's not. Um, but again, a very small St. John's. That, I think St. That's John's in, in Minnesota, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, so St. John's they're is, going division one in all sports, though. So uh really? yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, it's 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 a real small in a lot of these programs like CC, they had to get a waiver since they, they're not division one in all the other sports, right. they had to get a waiver that says, okay, you can still be division one in college hockey. Well, let's I mean, talk. Really, I mean, actually, it's more than it's it's Michigan, Minnesota, Notre Dame are the only three, three. Yeah. teams that are Power Five schools. I mean, that's you know, when when it, you know, we started off the the podcast, I think Ohio but, State was the first one left out on the bubble, so they almost yeah. made it, but didn't. Yeah. Wow. Um, although Ohio State women just won the national championship over Minnesota Duluth. Um, over the weekend. Wow. Let's talk about the quality of play, Jay, because for years it's all been about the minor leagues in the NHL. It's been the junior leagues and, the, and you hear all the stories about what goes on in the, in the minors. These kids are basically let, leave home when they're t- little teenagers and go off and travel hockey uh, becomes their, their big thing. But nowadays, you know, I, I think of a guy like Kale McCarr of the Colorado Avalanche who comes straight off the hockey ice and into the playoffs in the NHL. Um, yeah. We're going to see, are we going to see, you mentioned Michigan with seven first round draft picks. Are we going to see college hockey become what college basketball is where it's the, it's the bat, it's the best gateway to the NHL as opposed to going through all those minor league outfits in Canada. It depends. Like most Canadians still feel at this day that the, you know, the OHL, the um, right. Ontario hockey league is the, the best way to go. And, and they have, you know, a ton of, you know, uh, proven prospects that have gone that route, like uh, a Sidney Crosby or even Denver's own, like uh, Seth Jones, he, he went in that direction. Yep. And a lot of those guys may only be there for a year. And then they, they um, are able to, to go right to uh, the NHL, but other guys, you know, they, they take a little bit longer to develop. Uh, I think the colleges love, I mean, the pros, I think love the guys that go to college because, yeah. you know, they get to, you know, they got a year or two or three of, a free, uh, <laughs> of, of free support. Well, and not only that, they get some personal development, right? They grow up a little bit. They're not, and they if get I'm a parent- one of the things is, you know, they, you know, they get in these weight rooms. I mean, a perfect yeah. Yeah. example, somebody like Troy Terry, when Troy Terry came to DU from Highlands Ranch, I mean, he was like 150 pounds wet and, you know, it just took him a lot of years of, of, of being in the, in the strength and training room and the nutrition and everything. So he's finally the player he is today with Anaheim. He already has, 30 goals this season. And, and uh, you, know, you know, when you see him, he's just so much bigger and stronger than when you first saw him when he was 17 or 18. You know, Carl, we talk a lot about this with baseball, about if I'm a parent, 
I'd rather have my kid go to college for a couple of years or three or maybe get a degree as opposed to bounce around the bus buses in the minor leagues. To me, this is a selling point for college hockey. The Cam McCarr story is is a way that you really sell the sport of college hockey and and give parents that option. I, as a parent, I wouldn't send my 12 year old off. See you later. Go play hockey for 20 years or 10 years in the minors and then hopefully get to the NHL. It doesn't seem like the best route to me. I think the baseball thing is a little different in the sense that, oh, yeah. as you you know, you get drafted. Right. If you don't sign, you go right back in the draft the next year. Mm-hmm. Whereas in, in, in the NHL, they, you're eligible between the ages of like, you know, like 19 and 20. That's it. Hmm. And then um, and then they have your they own they own your rights for four years. Mm. um so that's that and you can sign at any time but that, that that's i guess the the difference but do you so, see the see this helping the sport though is this a way that a selling point hey college scholarship better than than going to the minors well you know the dad me always thinks hey you know what why wouldn't you have a backup plan if you yeah. blow out your knee or things go bad or whatever and um and i still believe that i that the guys that have upset me over the years and, and it's so funny saying that because, you know, if you're 20 years old and somebody throws $850,000 at you, you know, it's like, what do you expect? But the guys that have made me upset over the years are the guys that leave early and then never make the show or maybe get a cup of coffee and you never hear from them again. You know, those are the guys I'm like, and why couldn't you have just done that same thing after you got your degree? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So you're looking at the, uh, at the schedule with the, 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 Matches coming up here this weekend, and then then going into the final four, the final four, um, Frozen Four in Boston, and the the television package that that ESPN is as we know, you know ESPN doesn't isn't involved at all in any of the men's basketball. It it does uh, conflict this week with with women. several of the women's um, quarterfinals. Um, any talk? about trying to re uh, kind of remove or reach or change the dates and and get away from the direct conflict with both the the women's uh, NCAA women's basketball and NCAA men's uh, basketball especially that the final four weekend um, you know even though it's an off day the championship is on the Saturday um, any any discussion there amongst the, the hockey gurus well, I mean, after, after the regionals, you know, this Thursday and Saturday for Loveland and then Friday and Sunday for, for a couple of them as well, they, um, you know, they, the teams have that next weekend off. So really right. that that's why they've always done it that way. So they don't get um, direct competition from the basketball, um, at least on the men's side. Now, I, I'm not sure if the women are playing um, around the, seventh or ninth but that's when they're doing the frozen four right right jay do you do brackets for the for the sweet 16 of hockey you know what i mean now you know i remember one one year um the las vegas hilton was like the only casino that was doing college hockey gambling and Mm -hmm. at the time you know when it wasn't like it is now where it seems like five-year-olds can gamble at any time on an app, <laughs> you know, guys, guys are calling me trying to get my picks and my odds. And I'm like, I'm going to get so fired for this. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> and nowadays, of course, it's like no big deal. Um, mm. Although I haven't, you know, I, I simply refuse to, to get involved in college hockey, but 
it is so weird. Some of my live reads now are for sports book companies during a college broadcast. It's know, just, it's, it's amazing. It's got to never in my really, life. <laughs> got to feel really strange. Really, really. It strange. is so strange. It is, it is weird. I always feel like, am I going to get in trouble for this? <laughs> who's the, who's the favorite? Who's going to win this thing? Well, I mean, it's so hard to tell in that Minnesota state was pretty much the leader in the clubhouse the whole year. But the argument being they, they, they play in a conference that, quite frankly, isn't as good as is a lot of the others. And they've had this history over the previous three, four, five seasons of being one of the top teams record-wise and then, you know, kind of just piddling out. Um, although they made the Frozen Four last year, but they lost. Uh, but they've still got to be considered a favorite. Um, right now, the hot team, I think, is Minnesota Duluth. Um, they're a team that at one point, you know, was probably ranked around 10th, 11th, 12th, and now have come all the way up to like, you know, fifth in the nation. Um, and they're in Denver's bracket in Loveland. They just beat Denver in the uh, conference championships. And um, yeah, they're just one of those teams that plays that really, I, I want to say a robotic style, but that's how they just don't give you any time or space. They clog up the middle of the ice. They, they make you dump it in and, and go after it behind you. And a lot of teams don't want to do that. And then they're very opportunistic when they have their chances and they always have good goaltending. So it's like they have the formula um, and they're just not a lot of fun to play against. <laughs> you mentioned, you mentioned Michigan and their seven draft choices. I saw a piece today uh, about going back 20 years in the NCAA basketball and somebody went back and, and chronicled the number of, of NBA players that were on final four teams. And there was a strong um, uh, connection to the, the, the number of NBA players resulted in, you know, North Carolina winning in X year and, Duke winning in next year. So Michigan having seven, you know, NHL picks, um, has that has that translated into, you know, into championships? And I guess if I was going to make, you know, make a little wager on this side here, um, does that uh, does that lean towards Michigan being a, a good bet? Well, I I, I think um, you know a couple of those players that ended up playing on the on the U.S. Olympic team. I think one of them played for Canada. Um, and so they've gotten some big time experience going into this run. Um, you know, they're the, the number one ranked overall team right now. So they're, they would have to be considered the favorite, I think. Um, but that being said, it's like, you know, in, in Boston University a few years ago had four number one picks. They didn't, they didn't make the frozen four. So there have been some teams that have had a lot of really high end picks. Usually, Best case scenario, you get them for two seasons. Um, and a lot of times you only get them for one. Um, but yeah, and I, I, I know Michigan has got to be considered the overall favorite right now. Um, but I think, I think if they played a, a veteran team like Minnesota Duluth, um, uh, they would have, they would have problems. Uh, so, so basically I just keep drawing correlations to basketball when you talk about this, because you're talking about a team, a basketball team like Kentucky with all their one and done kids, all their right. phenoms who are, and then they end up playing a, a, a more veteran team, a Butler or somebody like that. 
who comes out of nowhere, but it has all those guys who've been playing together for four years. Those are the teams that are tougher to beat. Is that true in hockey? Well, yeah, Morgan, it's kind of like, kind of like any sport. I mean, look at baseball being a perfect example. It's like the more you get into the postseason, the harder it is to score. And, you know, the, these teams just shut everything down and, 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 you know, the, you're, you're going to have a lot of two, one, three, two games, mm-hmm. and they tend to go to the teams that are grittier defensively, have better goaltending and sort of have those, those veterans that, that help bring it all together. The high flying guys that put up five, six, seven goals a game sometimes aren't the ones that, that win this thing. Um, it, it, it's the guys that, that have a nice balance of upperclassmen. Um, and Michigan does. I mean, Michigan has some upperclassmen that, that have really been their leaders. And, you know, you, can't, you can never underestimate talent. Um, and I, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm completely biased because I think Denver's got the best offensive team in, in all of college hockey. But is that going to be enough? You know, they, they have the youngest defensive blue line core probably of anybody. So, you know, is that going to be their Achilles heel? So, you know, we, it's tough to tell. Do we throw out the cliche that offense sells tickets and defense wins championships? Is that what we're talking you know, about? You, you drive for show and you putt for dough, right? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> you know, historically, there have been some, you know, some coaching legends in uh, in college hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whether they're you know, Jack Parker at, uh, at BC or, you know, the some of the, the other legendary Ron Mason at, you know, at uh, Michigan state, um, you know, George Gwazdecki at, you know, DU who's, who's the legend, who's the legend, who's the legend today in the, in the college coaching world? Well, I mean, you've got Jerry York still at Boston college and York is now the all time winningest coach, yeah. which, you know, yeah. he passed his, his buddy, Jack Paca. Um, who was one of my favorite interviews ever because um, I always felt like I was on the departed every time we talked. <laughs> and, um, but I, yeah. So Jerry, Jerry York would be the legend, but you know, Scott Sandlin, he's been doing it uh, now for honestly 21 seasons and you can't argue, um, you know, the success that he's had. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jerry York is still, I guess, considered the current hockey God since Michigan's, Red Berenson retired. Right. And, you know, now that you say that, uh, Jerry York was, was at Bowling Green when I'm, during the time that I was at the MAC. And, and to be honest with you, I thought, I thought that he had already stepped down. He, you know, he, he, when, he, when he made the move from Bowling Green and the success he had, but uh, <laughs> that, that one should have been on the top of my, uh, my lips as well. But uh, well, he, you young, know, young, young coaches, is it, is it a young coaches sport these days? Well, I mean, for you know, David Carl was hired, I think, when he was 26 back. Yeah. And, and when I was 26, the only thing I used to say was paper or plastic. Um, so that was unbelievably young to be uh, the head coach. But, you know, I, I like to think that he's the Sean McVay of college hockey. And you can't underestimate these younger guys because they, they can talk and coach with today's modern player. Uh, I think we've seen examples on every sport that if you try to coach the way that, you know, legendary coaches coached in the sixties, seventies and eighties, you might find your way to the door pretty quickly. And and these younger coaches, you know, it's not all about putting down the hammer. They, 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 they seem to understand more about staying on the pulse of of the younger player and what you need to do to motivate them. 
Um, and I think that's why you're seeing success with younger and younger coaches at every level of every sport. Hey, before we run out of time, I've got to, got to ask too on the uh, transfer portal NIL and how it is being integrated into college hockey. Boy, uh, you know, the masters of the transfer portal this year was North Dakota. Uh, I told you they'd lost so many quality players uh, early to signings and, and graduation, and they were able to essentially rebuild and become a very competitive team this year, um, obviously back in the tournament, uh, predominantly with with going out and getting a combination of the transfer portal, the, you know, these fifth-year graduate transfers that, uh, you know, show up with their wife and kid and minivan because they're probably <laughs> 27 at this point. Um, but, yeah, that fifth year because of the pandemic and the transfer portal um, has, really, has really changed so much. Uh, Denver only had one kid from Bowling Green, Cameron Wright, that came in, um, and that was it because they had such a great class of, of recruits coming in. But it is it is a great X factor now. I mean, you can you can uh, get a lot better or a lot worse very quickly. And as one assistant coach told me from from Denver, it's like it, it's not guys leaving the great programs to go to the 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 middle the middle programs. It's it's just the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Hey Jay, obviously you're going to have a great time in Loveland this weekend with the with the uh, regionals. Hopefully, DU makes it onto the Frozen Four. So you can go back to that because I know you've enjoyed that, but. Um, tell us what you would tell fans in, in any, any of these regional areas, why they should come out to this. So what are they going to see? Well, that's the great thing about the regional is that, you know, anybody can beat anybody. Mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've seen teams that I honestly didn't know what the uh, initials for their school meant beat number one or number two seeds. Um, and, you know, uh, teams that you give absolutely no credit for all of a sudden are playing in a double overtime game. And I think the hardest game of this tournament is, is, is to win this first one. I mean, you're already in the sweet 16. So these are the sweet 16 and that first game is going to be the toughest one. Um, and the regionals are almost always played in these arenas that are anywhere from five, six, maybe seven or 8,000 at the most. And, you know, they, they can fill up and they're just a lot of fun and you get to see two games on Thursday and then one game on Saturday and if you can't make it, then uh, come to Boston and have some chowder. <laughs> some chowder. And watch The Departed. And watch it and talk to Jack Parker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jay, it's a blast to talk to you as always. We really appreciate your time. Uh, before I let you go, I got to ask you, how's your basketball bracket looking right now? Just horrific. And, and I, I work for this company <laughs> where, you know, it's like it's required, to absolutely required to, <laughs> to put your $25 in. And I try to negotiate where I can not fill out a bracket and just give them like 10 and they won't do it. So, um, I mean, like half the world, I still have Gonzaga, you know, winning this thing. I picked a little bit of an upset and had them beating Villanova in the final. So unless those two, those two are in the final, there's nothing worth talking about. Well, if, you, if you simply took the, um, the highest seed. Yeah. Yeah. Across the entire board today, you would have 10 out of the 16 last team. You'd have 10 teams in of the final 16. Let's hear it for chalk. Let's hear it for chalk. Yeah. Right. yeah. See, my, my challenge is I always I always try to get these last minute, like cramming for a final sort of things where I see what all the real experts say, and they always pick these first and second round upsets. And I go, they're the experts. 
and then Davidson gets blown out and I'm, yeah. I'm done or, you know, whoever, you know, I picked a lot of 11 beating six, 10 beating seven, 12 beating five. Yeah. And almost none of them hit except uh, uh, Michigan beat CSU. And uh, I'm really only voting against CSU because that's what my ex-wife uh, won. Uh, oh, <laughs> Lord. We're going to let you go, man. we got to run out of time. We'll talk to you again down the road, Jay. Thank you very All much. All right. Thanks, guys. There he goes. Carl, you got a, a uh, thumbs up and thumbs down? Yeah, I think we're going to pass today. Uh, thumbs yeah. down on the weather. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Knutson and the commission. We will be back next week. We'll talk some more hoops next week, Carl. Yep, but that'll be uh, the build up to the final yep. four. Absolutely. All right. Take okay. care and see you next time.